Well, good morning. We're glad that you're here to join us through this means that we have of being able to worship together. Even though we're in an empty room, we know that uh, our hearts are gathered together and we appreciate you being with us today as we continue in our worship. And uh, this morning, I want to share with you a, a message that I feel like is uh, very important as we enter into a new year, as we begin a new season. And the question I would ask you is, um, why do you obey God? Why, why do you obey? Uh, why is there the motivation within your heart? What motivates you to be an obedient follower of Jesus Christ? The Word of God says in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Blessed rather are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. And so how we keep that word in our heart. Many of you may remember about this time last year. In fact, it was the last uh, Sunday, the early part of uh, the, at the end of uh, the 2019, that I had the opportunity to preach. And I, I had a sermon that I used last year that was, uh, I think the title of it was, When Expected Things Happen Unexpectedly. Perhaps you remember that, remember that. Uh, that's that sermon and the basic premise of that message was as we enter into the year 2020 uh, there are things that we expect will happen uh, there are events that will happen but many times they happen unexpectedly word I mean that's goes without saying this past year happened unexpectedly none of us expected to be uh, here today separate from each other and not being able to uh, join together in in worship None of us expected to have to, a mask that we're having to wear when we're walking around. So this year has been a very unexpected year. So as we look forward to this following year, this upcoming year that we're going into, the thing that I would say to you is, what, what now motivates you to be a faithful servant? There are, there's an interesting story in the Old Testament of uh, where in Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was uh, called of God to present two stories side by side in his prophecy that he presents. And the events didn't happen chronologically uh, directly side by side, but what God did with, Joseph, with Jeremiah was have him present these two. And, and it gives to us two stories of obedience. And I want to use those as our beginning illustration of reasons sometimes we obey that may not be the best reason. The first story, if you want to follow with me, I'm not going to read the entire passage, but it comes from Jeremiah chapter 35 or 34. The situation here with the story in Jeremiah chapter 34 is that the people of Israel, the, the nation of Israel was confined inside uh, the city of Jerusalem, and there were enemies coming upon them. And so I'll read chapter 34 of Jeremiah. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to turn there. We're not going to read the entire passage of 34. We're also going to also we'll look at a part of chapter 35. But in uh, chapter 34, verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and listen to this, all of his army, all of the kingdoms of the earth under his dominion, and all the peoples were fighting against Jerusalem and all of its cities. So here you have the people of Israel gathered in the walled city of Jerusalem, and it says all the nations 
were pounding upon their gates. They were there and they were feeling the pressure of all this coming upon them. Then you look down at verse 8. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people in Jerusalem to make a proclamation of liberty to them that everyone should set free his Hebrew slaves, male and female, so that no one should enslave a Jew, his brother. And they obeyed. All the officials, all the people who had entered into the covenant, that everyone would set free his slave, male or female, so that they would not be enslaved again. They obeyed and set them free. In verse 11, but afterwards, they turned around and took back the male and female slaves that they had set free and brought them back into subjugation as slaves. Verse 15, God says to them, You recently repented and did what was right in my eyes by proclaiming liberty to each of his neighbor. And you made a covenant before me in the house that is called by my name. But then you turned around and you profaned my name when each of you took back his male and female slaves whom you had set free according to their desire and you brought them into subjugation as your slaves. So what was the situation that led them to come to that point? Here they are with the enemies at the gate, all the nations coming upon them and they made a covenant together. Okay, we will, in obedience to God, perhaps he will look upon us with favor. And so we set free all of our brothers and sisters and, and set them free who we have subjugated as slaves. We have proclaimed liberty to those who are our slaves, and they've been set free. But then they turned around and took them back. What happened that made them go back on their obedience? A hint for that is perhaps found in verse 22 of chapter 34 of Jeremiah. He says, Behold, I will command, declares the Lord, and will bring them back to this city. There we have a little hint. The enemies were there at the gates. The people of Israel decided that we're going to obey the commands of God to not hold our brothers and sisters captive. We're going to let them be free, and they let them free. But then the enemy went away. The enemy was gone. And so after a while, the enemy was gone. They said, we're going to take our slaves back. And they took them back into subjugation. And God said to them, you have profaned my name by doing that. I will bring them back to the city, and they will conquer you. And that's what happened to the nation of Israel, to the people of Judah. They were, they were eventually surrounded, captured, and carried away into captivity. So the first reason that some people obey is because of fear. They obey because of fear. There's things out there that they fear. This last year has been a great year of fear. We have all feared a, a disease that's coming upon us. We've all feared violence in the cities. We've all feared many things that have happened over this past year. And perhaps in this past year, there have been those who've said, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of get my life right. I, I'm going to begin to obey God. I'm going to begin to try to be a, a better person, and perhaps God will protect me and keep me from this disease or from any harm or danger. And so there's one reason that people obey is out of fear. But the problem with obeying because of fear is that 
Obedience driven by fear tends to go away when what we fear goes away. This next year, 2021, it is our prayer that this disease, this COVID, that it, it go away, that the vaccines, that everything else that are there, gonna, it's going to take this away from us. And so those who have been driven by fear over what is happening right now and say, okay, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm going to bargain with you that you protect me. I will obey you. But then as this year, next year, as things kind of hopefully get back a little bit, is that obedience going to still be there? The second way that people obey is what I would say by tradition. And that comes from Jeremiah chapter 35, a story that's in Jeremiah 35. These two stories put side by side by Jeremiah as an illustration, an illustration to the people of Israel of obedience. And the one by tradition is, is actually um, positive in this passage, but we're going to see how that perhaps tends toward some things for us that might be more ap applicable to us. Chapter 35, I'm not going to read much of chapter 35 because it's, it's very detailed, but it tells the story of a people who are known as the Rechabites. And the Rechabites were a tribe uh, of people who had 250 years earlier, one of their forefathers had made a vow. He made a vow that he would never drink wine. And in making that vow to never drink wine, he said, I will never build a house I'll never have a vineyard. I will never make the wine, and I will never drink it. And so for 250 years, the Rechabites had lived as a nomadic tribe, traveling as nomads all around. But here in this period, when the armies of the world were coming upon the nation of Israel, the Rechabites came into the walled city of Jerusalem, and they settled there for a period of time. So God said to Jeremiah, and looking at uh, Jeremiah chapter 35, says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Joash, king of Judah, go to the house of the Rechabites, speak with them, and bring them to the house of the Lord into one of the chambers, then offer them wine to drink. And so they brought them into the house and brought them in and set this before them, set the wine before them, and the Rechabites refused to drink. And they said in verse 8, We have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, and all that he commanded us to drink no wine all our days, ourselves, our wives, our sons, our daughters, not to build houses to dwell in. We have no vineyards, field, or seed, but we have lived in tents, and we have obeyed and done all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. The second reason that some people obey or, or, or do things is it is motivated or obedience inspired by tradition. But obedience inspired by tradition tends to fade as new traditions emerge. Obedience that is inspired by tradition is based upon what we've done in the past. But when those things are gone, what do we do? This last year has been a loss of, a, of many traditions. Perhaps you had a tradition in your family of a family vacation that didn't happen. You had traditions that happened at Thanksgiving or Christmas that 
did not happen this year. Our church, the tradition of candlelight. Many people have said, I have never missed a candlelight. Many of the traditions that we've had through this past year, because of what we are facing, those traditions have gone away in some ways. Hopefully many will come back and we'll be able to do many things, but there's some things we have lost. We have lost and they'll never come back. Many things that we once loved and thought this is the way we're going to do it, it's going to change. And so that is going to be an issue for many of us as we go into this next year is when those traditions that we once followed are gone, do we still obey? Do we still follow even though the way we did it before isn't happening? So my, my thing that I would say to you today, the point I want to make early in this message is, why do you obey God? Do you obey God because of fear that's going on? Or is it like the Christmas song, the, the song that speaks of, uh, he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Is that uh, the fear of, well, I might get caught, so I better not be doing something bad? Is that the right motivation for obeying? Fear? Because when we are driven by fear, when that which it, that we fear goes away, do we still obey? If our motivation for obedience is driven by tradition, if that tradition changes, do we still obey? Think about the Rechabites. What if here they are in the who have been in tents for years, if they are now gathered in the city of Jerusalem, and they were to say, you know, we're here. We might as well build a house. We're not going to drink wine, but we'll build a house. So they build a house and they say, you know, we've got this plot of land. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and plant a garden. We're not going to drink wine, but we're going to plant a garden. And we might as well have a vineyard. We can just make some grape juice. Oh, look, this grape juice has turned into wine. We might as well drink the wine. And that's just kind of ludicrous, but thinking about how that incrementally we began to slip away from the point where we once stood in obedience. We don't often jump immediately from being an obedient follower of Jesus Christ and follower of what God has to become very disobedient. Incrementally, we go through a period of time where we lose those things that we once hold dear. So those two reasons for obeying, fear or tradition, I believe there are better reasons. And I want to share with you uh, briefly in these final moments Five reasons, and I know when I say five, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I, usually you preachers only have three points, but I promise we're going to move through this very quickly. And the thing I want you to notice as we go through this, how, how much this carries with it the story that we've heard through Advent, the stories over these last four weeks, how these reasons to obey will guide us as we enter into this new year. So why do we obey God? I would say the first reason that I would offer to you is the authority reason. He is God and there is no other. Listen to the word of God from Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18. It says, for thus says the Lord who created the heavens, he is God who formed the earth and made it, he established it, he did not create it empty, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. So a major reason for us to obey God is that 
He existed before anything else came into existence. Everything else is, it was brought into being. He is the authority. He is the one who created and made. He existed before everything else existed. And so we understand him to be the authority that we have. And he has delegated that authority today to his word, to the Bible. He's delegated authority, and then the word of God has authority as it speaks to us today. And so we understand God's authority by reading his word and trusting in his word. And so when we look to obey God through this year, it begins by our obedience and by following what the word of God presents for us. It conveys the message. It carries the, the story of what God has for us. The thus says the Lord, as we've seen already in these passages. A good illustration of this was Joseph. Pastor David led us in that first Sunday of, of Advent as he examined the life of Joseph and how that Joseph was a man who came to a point where he had a very cr a crisis in his life, a fearful moment, a fearful moment in his life when he found out that the woman he was betrothed to was expecting a child, and he knew he was not the father. Joseph was planning to put her aside, but yet he did the thing that God called him to do. And through the authority of God's word speaking to Joseph, he obeyed. And listen, to, this is what Pastor David said about Joseph. Obedience is not knowing the details. It is holding the hand of the one who sees above and beyond and learning to walk in that way. It is not optional, even when life does not go as planned. Life is not going as planned for many of us right now. And so what we have to do is come back and say, it is by your authority that thus saith the Lord in Scripture that I live my life. I do not build it upon the fear or traditions or other things around me. There's nothing exterior. It is your word that speaks to me, and you are the authority for my life. So the first reason we obey God is because of authority. Second reason that I would say we, we believe is that because of trust, the trust reason, in knowing that he has all knowledge. Listen to Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. He maintains his creation in existence. He gives us life. He sustains life. He cares for us and provides for our needs. Second week of Advent, Pastor David used the story of Mary. And Mary is a beautiful story of trust. The word of God came to her and spoke. And in that miraculous event of the birth of Jesus Christ, we have the story of Mary trusting in what God was going to do. We trust in the continual working of God. The miracles of the Bible are the heart of the intervention of God in our situation. Pastor David, as he led us in that story, he said, the Holy God came to us in the body of this baby. We do not need a man to bridge the gap, we need God to bridge the gap. One who is like us, but wholly unlike us. We do not need reformation or education. We need a Savior. And God broke through the darkness of our life with the ultimate need that we had, a Savior. And we trust in what God has done through Jesus Christ. And in that, 
we obey and follow him because his wisdom and knowledge is way beyond anything we could ever have. So the authority reason, the trust reason. There's a third reason I would present for you, and that is the gratitude reason. The gratitude reason. Titus chapter 2, verse 14 said, uh, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. In the third week of Advent, Advent Pastor David used the shepherds as a story of gratitude. The message of the cradle is this. The birth is not just for the well-off. It's not just for the educated not just for the ones who have it all together, it is for all people. And the shepherds illustrate that point. Pastor David said, Jesus was born to common parents in an out-of-way town and announced to common men. The manger shows that the gospel is for sinners who do not have it all together. It is for all. The message is to be shouted. And it needs to be shouted with gratitude. So when we live our life, a life of obedience, we understand the authority of God's word, we trust in the saving power of what Jesus Christ has done for us, and we live our life in gratitude for what he has done. It's not to earn or gain or prove, we do it because of who he is, and we do it out of gratitude for what God has done. And the shepherds left from that manger with gratitude proclaiming the word to others that the Savior had come. The fourth reason I would give to you is what I would call the obvious reason. Reading from Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, He made all and sustains all. Uh, we, that's what we see from this. It says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and all in the things that we have, that he has made, that have been made. So we Look at the stars. We look at the world around us. We see the things around us, and it clearly proclaims the Creator. And in that, we understand that God's invisible attributes are obviously seen. There are many who don't see it as obvious. But the, words let, the Word of God lets us know that this is a part of God's revelation to us of in the natural word, world of His divine nature and His special revelation through His, his spoken Word gives to us that understanding, and it's obvious that God is God, and He commands our obedience. As creator and the source of all truth, He has the right to command our belief and obedience. He has created, and He sustains, and it is His, it's our obligation to be in obedience to Him. In the fourth week of Advent, Pastor David Use the wise men as the story for that. And in this, we see the obvious uh, understanding of the wise men. As we look and see the world around us, the stars, everything else around us, the wise men had that star that guided them. Pastor St. David said, God revealed himself to them in the way that they could understand. God has revealed himself to us. He is not silent. He has spoken. He desires to show himself to us and to draw us to behold and worship him. So this brings me to the fifth, and it's not one that was a part of our Advent, but it's, I think, is the crowning reason 
in our obedience. And I would call that the love reason. The love reason. He is worthy. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 12, Scripture says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. God is one who is worthy. He has come to us through Jesus Christ, and Jesus is the one who is that worthy Savior who is able to intercede on our behalf and present us before the throne complete. And so as we enter into this new year, as we go through this year and we come upon times in which we need obedience, that's my, my uh, indication that I'm almost going over time. But as we go through this period of time, we need to know that there is a Savior who is worthy, worthy of our obedience. Love of God is the proper motive. Obedience driven by fear tends to go away when that which we fear goes away. Obedience driven by tra uh, tradition tends to fade when traditions fade. But, but obedience prompted by love tends to remain no matter the circumstances. So no matter the circumstances of your life as you go through this year, remember the authority of God through his word. Trust in the provision he has given to us through Jesus Christ that we know that he has saved us and given to us eternal life. And in that, we live a life of gratitude to him. And we live a life that shows the obvious drawing power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to draw us in. He reveals to us who he is. And so therefore, we obey him. And we do this out of love, out of love for who he is. So do not let fear or tradition be the motivation. Let the overpowering love of God as through Jesus Christ through this year be your motivation to be an obedient servant no matter the circumstances. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so very much for your care for us. We thank you for your provisions, how you have given to us eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so as we enter into a new year, after we have gone through a year of great turmoil, Father, we come before your presence and we kneel before you as our maker and creator and we trust in you no matter the circumstances. Our obedience is based upon who you are, not based upon how we feel and what we experience. We base it upon you and we obey you because you are worthy of our full obedience as we enter into our new year. Bless us and keep us. We pray for protection upon the many our frontline workers and others who are caring for many very seriously ill people. And we pray for protection and help upon those who are very ill and for their families, we ask your guidance and help upon them. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.